Now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Still scoreless, middle of the first, Cubs, Brewers, Take nothing. It. There you go. Make Just want to just make up ground, little by little. Justin Steele threw more pitches in that inning than he has in any other inning all season long. 28 pitches just to get through the order, the top of the order for the Brewers. It was a sweat, but we got it done. And you know what? That's all that matters, right? Just get through it. Get through it. Padres up one nothing on the Cardinals right now. Guardians got a one nothing lead over the Twins. There's obviously playoff implications. We'll sort of there, at least for when you're talking about the Twins here. Rangers and Mets are scoreless. Astros up 2-1 on the Red Sox right now. And uh, Nats and Blue Jays, it's a 2-1 lead for my Nats. So let's go. Big yes, game. go over that win total. Here we go. And then next year, next year we're talking about wild card. Next you- year you start to build something. You know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. I miss I miss the days when we talked about them just at least being a playoff team. So you've got me suckered into your yep. stupid Cubs, and it's the worst. It's not fun. It's that's that's no. an emotional roller coaster. No. no, it's not fun at all. No, 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 no. Not as, like especially right now, man, because they should have made up some ground, but the Brewers just won't go away. I know. And it's, when you have a chance to make up ground, and then you don't win those games against that team that you need to beat, that's usually a bad sign. But hey. It, all it is is just get to the playoffs. That's it. Yep. And then you never know what can happen. Yeah. Chase Kitty jumps on with us. Lions Edge podcast. And uh, I've heard some rumors here that you uh, you have some strong opinions about my commanders and the Cardinals week one of the NFL season. This guy over here, Ryan Horvat, all in on the Cardinals. If I find out, <laughs> Chase, that you two are all in and you're fading my commanders week one, I'm going to be very, very upset with you. Well, I, midsummer, I put a bet in on on Cardinals plus six, and it was small, and it was more just like a, let's get something down. This seems like you know too big of a number for week one. It's not like the Commanders are awesome or anything. But <laughs> I, I think my my bigger question that I had for you uh, is NFL Survivor related because I, I I flew to Vegas and I entered the contest and I've been thinking a lot about you know what to do week one and and I'm pretty sure I'm going to play Baltimore. Lots of people go out week one. The Ravens are playing the Texans. Just keep it simple. Burn a good team. Stay alive. That was kind of my thought process. But I knew, and I even did a podcast segment on it a couple weeks ago, I knew that Washington was going to be a really popular pick mm-hmm. because they were playing Arizona. And now we've seen everything that's going on with the Cardinals the last 48 hours, and they cut Colt McCoy, and they're going to play a third-string quarterback. And, and it seems like before the season even starts, they're just going dead in the water. Let's tank and, and and maybe you know end up with the number one pick. I'm wondering if I should reevaluate that. So I guess my question to you, Nick, is: Would you say that your Commanders are a lock to win in Week One? Oh well, first off, if you talk to somebody like me that is a jaded, sad, uh, beaten into the ground Commanders fan, uh, lock would not be the word that I would ever use for that team against anybody except maybe a high school team. And even then, I'd be a little bit concerned. But like the oh, here's what actually really bothers me more about this: I don't know who's truly starting at quarterback for the Cardinals. Is it Clayton Toon? Is it Joshua Dobbs? Dobbs at least kind of knows that offense. He's got a history with the coordinators there, but. Sometimes when you have those guys that you don't have a lot of film on, there's more on Dobbs, obviously, than Clayton Toon. But, like, is this one of those games where you get a surprise from a quarterback that just doesn't have a lot of film getting out there on an NFL field and the commanders just look around going, what the what 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 just happened here? I have no idea. So 
I would almost stay away just because of that. But as Ryan is, oh, knows very well, and I've said this many times, I'm so jaded that when it comes to my commanders, I try not to even do anything involving them because I'll usually just expect them to lose until this whole thing changes. I just think everybody's going to look at this game like, all right, we get to bet, or we're going to use the commanders against Arizona because Arizona is a terrible football team. Like you said, they're already mailing it in. We haven't even reached week one. And you're probably going to look at it like, when else am I going to be able to use the commanders this season exactly. in Survivor? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's what scares me. No, Chase, I like Baltimore. Yeah, I still think I think Nick said it exactly right. Like it, it, it makes it a more interesting thought exercise. But I'm still, I still think I'm sticking to Baltimore and and keeping it conservative yeah. here. Last I checked, there is only one point spread north of seven for week one for the week one games, and it's Baltimore. I do think I don't know how much time we want to do on Cardinals Commanders, but I do think. When you look at how bad Arizona's overall roster is, Colt McCoy, serviceable backup, I think he's underrated in that role. I think he's shown that over the last three or four years. But if you have a total dumpster fire around Colt McCoy, he's not going to be able to do a lot. And so I think people are going to overrate how big of a drop it is from McCoy to, I think you're probably right, I think it's probably Dobbs. I think we're going to see a lot of movement toward Washington in the point spread market, and I'm probably going to come back in on Arizona a second time because the number is going to be yeah. probably too big. Uh, let's move over to some college football. We got uh, a couple games Thursday night, Utah, Florida. I'm excited for that. We still have no idea if Cam Rising is going to play. doesn't matter. I like the under in that game. I wanted to actually ask your opinion on Purdue, Fresno State. New era begins for Purdue because Jeff Brom's <laughs> He's gone. So excited for this. And I'm so, so I've been going back and forth actually with the total. Opened at fifty four and a half. Now we're down to fifty three. Um, what do you like in this game? It is scary how in sync we have been so far. The first two weeks of the college football season, Ryan. Yeah. I have Fresno Purdue circled in my notes. It's not just Jake Hayner that that Fresno loses. They lose all of their key offensive skill pieces. They lose like. I don't know, like 5,000 yards of offense or something crazy. Purdue obviously loses Brome, and it's a new direction for that program. Everybody who's in the betting space, I think, knows about the rule changes that are maybe just going to slightly, slightly skew toward the under. So there's a lot, I think, pointing here toward an ugly game with lots of new offensive pieces, lots of new offensive philosophies in this game. I think this is a total underspot, and I've got it circled this week as a bet. Yeah. Now, for anybody that's maybe a more casual football fan, I know that Ryan will sit in here and get excited about a UTEP game or literally anything on earth. But let's be honest, the game that's circled for a lot of people is LSU-Florida State. LSU is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. That totals 56-and-a-half. What's your feel? What's your lean in that game right now? My feel is probably LSU, mm-hmm. but it's tough because you have, between Jordan Travis and Jalen Daniels, yeah, Jaden Daniels, you have two of the top Heisman guys this year. Mike Norvell has been a really, really good coach in Tallahassee. I think we all know what Brian Kelly's capable of, and now he is at like an S-tier program with great you know, resources and, and facilities oh, and recruiting. I, I'm coming at you for that one, but we'll do, we'll do that Uh-oh. off the air. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I can't think of it. Are you a big Cincinnati Bearcats fan? Was there another program in there? Go on. I'm not going to interrupt you. I, I just feel like I trust Brian Kelly and LSU a little tiny bit more than, than Florida State in this spot. I think the number is correct. It was three for a long time, and now it's two and a half. I think that's probably the right place. You're basically making them pick a winner. I, I mean, I, this game 
it could have gone either way last year, and I think it could kind of go either way this year. And so for that reason, it's not necessarily a bet for me. It's just to circle it on the calendar and watch. Uh, I think in terms of dogs, there's like at least a dozen or more spots I'd rather bet than this. But I, I would lean LSU uh, because I think I trust them just a little bit more, and I think what they bring into the season is just a little bit higher ceiling. Chase, while many people will be watching that game, I don't think it can live up to the hype that Colorado State and Washington State is going to live up to. <laughs> Let's talk about this one. I'm looking at my slip right now. I wanted a better number. I got to Colorado State at 12 and a half. We're down to 11 right now. Uh, Washington State on the road favored. Total 54 and a half. What do you like in this game? Yeah, I got the 12 earlier today. I'm on Colorado State. Nice. I was surprised. I did some work this summer into uh, just general... ATS trends program by program. I was surprised how good Washington State has been against the spread over the last five, ten years. They're probably one of the best P5 programs just purely against the number, which I would not have guessed. But I feel like it's it's a meh Washington State team laying double digits on the road against a Colorado State team that's probably better than its record looked last year. And at this point, like most people kind of don't know we have no data points for this year. So you're going off of preseason magazines, general vibes. How much do I trust the coach? Did they bring in a high name, uh, you know, name in the transfer portal that's going to be an impact player? Did they return the same quarterback from last year? Like those are kind of the things that a lot of this is, is based on. I think going on the road as a middling P5 team and laying double digits against a, a, good G5 squad not great but like consistent on the road I mean that that's that's a big number and so I, I feel like anytime you can get those plus numbers the double digit numbers like Colorado State again it's 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 not my favorite spot this week but it is on the list of like that's too many points and I'm betting it and I think when you go back and look at what happened in week zero we saw the benefit of taking those points in these early games where it's a little bit ugly and not all the details are screwed in all the way yet. So, yeah, Colorado State's a spot for me. Talking to Chase Kitty, BetMGM tonight. Uh, Drake May, certainly a lot of hype, and this is a guy that could be a you know top three pick in the NFL draft. UNC is a two-and-a-half-point favorite at South Carolina on Saturday. Do you look at this North Carolina team as one of those, hey, there's a lot of hype around Drake May, but I question the rest of the roster, or do you look at them as a team that can actually make some noise in the ACC this year? I don't I don't really trust the completeness of the team. I, I think mm-hmm. under Mac Brown, they have been all offense, no defense, almost like a Big 12 team pulled out of time from 2011. So I, I think, especially the way that, that Spencer Rattler closed the year last year, the way that South Carolina offense closed the year last year, I think they're going to put up really big numbers in this spot. I think it's always telling when you have a ranked team, and especially like early in the year, you have a ranked team, they're playing an unranked team, and they're like a minus one favorite. And I yeah. think I think this game is, is at the Panthers Stadium. I think it's neutral site, but I kind of expect the crowd to tilt South Carolina, even though the game is technically in North Carolina. Uh, I, I just, I think this is probably a South Carolina spot. I think I'd, I'd go Gamecocks money line, and I, I'd probably take the over there too. Uh, what about South? Oh, I'm sorry. What about Clemson Duke? We got Clemson laying double digits, but I think that's the right side. What about you though? I know some people are high on Duke coming into the season. Elko did a really good job last year. I actually like their win total under this season though. 
Yeah, awesome job uh, what they did last year. But he was like, you know, net upsets. He he was yeah. pretty up there. I, I think yeah. it was it was kind of an aberrational year in terms of what their record was. I think he's going to be really good there. Don't get me wrong. I'm really impressed by the job he did, and is probably going to continue to do. I think when you look at what Clemson is going to give them on the line of scrimmage, I don't know how Duke competes in this game at, at the line of scrimmage. It's they're going to maul them up front, and so yeah, I'm on the Clemson side of this as well. I would, I think the number is is 13. I would if it goes to 14 before game time because I think this is a Monday night game. It's one of those weird ones. I would lay the 14. I would lay 15. Like I, I think Clemson's going to kill them. Before we let you out of here, and we might even be able to get to one more, but what's your favorite bet on the board? Because you gave us a whole list. I, me and you are in agreement on all of these, so there's got to be something we disagree on. Uh, what's your favorite play this weekend? I don't think I gave it to Scott uh, because we don't have a number for it yet, but watch out for when the line drops for Northern Iowa against Iowa State. Yeah, now you're talking. <laughs> this, I, okay, Never so mind. We last are on couple the same times. page. <laughs> They played in 2021. Iowa State was a 32-point favorite. They uh, they won by six. Uh, they played in 2019. Iowa State's a 23-point favorite. They won by three in triple overtime. It's I used to cover FCS football, so you're really getting the FCS football reporter in me. They play very similar styles. Northern Iowa. It's like ball control, run the clock, limited possessions, really good defense for an FCS school. So these are always tight, low-scoring games. Iowa State is not going to be as heavily handicapped as they were in 2021 or in 2019 because of what's going on in the offseason and then what the team looked like last year. But they're still going to be a multi-possession favorite here. And, and I'm taking the points with North, Northern Iowa and finding out what the limit is as soon as the number on this is posted. Hey, are you, are you more on uh, Michigan or Ohio State to win the Big Ten this year? I kind of like Michigan. Mm -hmm. I, I would rather bet Ohio State this weekend. I would lay the points against Indiana because I think they're going to nuke them. But I would rather have Michigan to win the conference. I think my super hot Big Ten take is that it is, I think, a very realistic possibility that you have a circular firing squad situation with Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. They all lose at least one game, and they all get left out of the playoff. Yes. Ooh. Or Penn State just doesn't lose a game. And I hate to say <laughs> this because I'm not a James Franklin guy, but, man, Penn State might be really good this year, guys. They might be really, really good this year. Chase, um, I'm probably going to DM you, but maybe make a little mark on your calendar for Saturday morning at 940. I think we're on the same page. We might have to talk about some more things here. <laughs> I can do that, yeah. Um, before we let you go, I got one last one for you. You have a hot take on the college football playoff. Give it to us in 45 seconds or less. I think Texas is going to beat Alabama in week two. I think they're going to all but knock Alabama out of the playoff picture before the end of September. And I think Texas is going to be a serious playoff contender because they're going to have that that one in, in the hole there. And then they can take a Big 12 loss, which they're going to, because even though they're the best team in the Big 12, easily the most talented you, there's just upsets in the Big 12. That's what happens. It's not a round robin anymore, but you get upsets all over the place in that conference. But they will be able to handle it this year if they have a win in pocket against Alabama. We're either buying a boat together uh, in, in, in March or we're going to be or very good. Or a bridge together. Yeah, one of the two. But, yeah, we're on the same page here. Hey, if you're Texas, that's how you make your presence known, get ready to go into the SEC. You're like, Eric, here yep. we come, Alabama. Get ready. Next year, it's going to be even worse. Ah, uh, good to talk to you, my friend. Thanks, Chase and the man. Chase Kitty, Lions Edge Podcast. Make sure you give that a follow, subscribe to all the things that you do. We'll talk to uh, Kenny Ducey. Scott, good job with the guests today, my friend. We got a lot of a lot of smart people. What do you give it? One hundred and ten percent. One hundred and eleven percent, actually. When we I come back, I'm going to show you something I like to call the crouching tiger hidden. 
<laughs> nope, can't say that on the air. Maybe you can, actually. It's better MGM than I 